Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another special and wonderful episode of the Unfiltered, Uncensored, and Unapologetic Black Podcast Show. Speak to the mic. I am your illustrious host, Marlon Joseph. And here on the show, we like to do three things. One, we like to provide helpful and useful, useful co content and information to the Black community. Talk to Black men and women, regardless of uh, profession, industry, and even organization for that standpoint, in regards to their many works that they are doing on a professional sense and even in an individual sense. And also acknowledge those black men and women for the very works that they are doing to help move the culture forward in a more positive light. Joining me today is a very good friend of mine by the way, by the name of Whitney Pettis. She is the founder of Accelerate, which is a analytics training and consulting business company that's stationed out here in Atlanta, Georgia. She has provided uh, a, a number of crash courses online and even in person courses in regards to the world of data analytics, more specifically in the technology realm. She has helped uh, even just spark the interest or rediscover interest in many people here in, in the Atlanta area when it comes to expanding their productivity, enhancing their productivity, and even adding to their resume by basically gaining more exposure to uh, technology, more specifically in the world of data and analytics. Uh, obviously, we know data is the driven force to everything now. And so with the exposure of technology in today's world, with technology and, and medical field being the most high demand and, and high, high price, high salary based uh, industries, it's, it's very important that we specifically in the black community are gaining more exposure to this particular industry because there's a lot of money, a lot of growth and opportunity in this industry. And she's taken very much so full advantage of that in more ways than one. And so joining me today, Whitney, again, thank you so much for being on this show. I really appreciate you checking out the time uh, to talk to me about this. And this is a near and dear uh, episode to me personally and professionally because this is specifically my area of expertise too. I've been in this in, in this particular industry and and uh, and, and just this in this uh, world of technology, more specifically in data analytics, for almost nine years now. And so, obviously, I've worked with many companies, and it's still in the twenty first century. A lot of those times, I've been the only black guy on the team <laughs> and the youngest uh, guy on the team too. And so. It's been very fortunate and unfortunate in the same sense, because not a lot of us are taking full opportunities to, you know, really just you know, uh, expand our minds and be able to get into this industry because there's a lot of money and growth in it. And so the the idea of exposing us to this more often, either whether you're a child or adult, exposing us early on to this is very a paramount of importance. And so for me personally, I'm always looking to see more of us be represented in this field because there are a lot of money and a lot of opportunity in it. And so I'm always going to be an advocate for it. And so I appreciate the many works that you've been doing more specifically with help providing people just that overall discovery or rediscovery of, you know, whether or not they want to transition to this opportunity and leaving different industries and, and different fields and, and actually making a, a conscious effort to want to be a part of this whole technology field. Cause again, it's a lot of money in this, mm -hmm. and and I don't want us to continue on missing out on the opportunities that are, uh, that are coming about from the, from the technology world. And so, again, thank you so much for being on the show to talk about this with me. Uh, I want to start off with asking you this question: how, how did the idea even spark in your mind, or what what interests you, or what gave you that influence, so to speak, 
with starting this company more specifically, you know, helping people, you know, just being exposed to technology? How, how did this come about? Uh, so it came about because I graduated uh, grad school in 2013. All right. And so once I graduated grad school, that's when I got my first big girl job and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> so um, I became a financial business analyst uh, for a company by the name of McKesson here in Atlanta. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie, I lied on my resume, got the job. And so the skills that I thought that um, it sounded good to put on your resume and it's like, oh yeah, I had those skills. They didn't test me. Um, when it actually came time for me to do the job, it was just, it fell flat with what I learned in school versus the practicality of what was happening on the job. And so um, going back now, I would say probably like five years ago, I would have had a whole different sentiment on this, but going back now, that was a job I should not have had. I wasn't ready for it skill wise. Um, And when you are in a new job in corporate America, and I didn't know this, you really don't get training. So it's not like you have a training class and someone's telling you, hey, here's how to do this for this report. You're just learning on the job. And so I always thought, went like probably four weeks into that role it's like okay you know it would be great if there was affordable training that's not four or five hundred dollars every single class that you have to take but you know if you can just learn all these skills which formulas which scripts are very important which tools are important and how to utilize those tools in a real world setting um because you'll learn it and from like a quote-unquote computer science class in college but those are not like i said it's not practical yeah, so, it's the basic concepts and fundamentals of it, but it's not yeah. really in-depth detail about it, right? So yeah, exactly. I, I know that personally. So yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just like, all right, I spent six figures on this between grad school and then undergrad, and I didn't learn what I need and I'm not doing that well on my job. So um, I always said that whenever the opportunity came about, if I had a few hundred bucks, I'll start this company just try to make a few hundred dollars every single weekend and just see where it goes. But I, my passion was to have future analysts not suffer the same skill paralysis that, that, that I had. So, yeah, so yeah. absolutely. And you know what, you and I share that very sentiment because I remember the first um, position that I got when I moved here to Atlanta, I used to work for Home Depot's corporate office Oh, and, and I started off as a developer. And so when I got there, I mean, Shit was just moving like yeah, it looked like the damn New York Stock Exchange in there. And so yeah. if I could stop one person one day to ask <laughs> one damn question, that was a good day. And so and so <laughs> understanding that I I knew then, like like four weeks to your point, four weeks into the the, the to the job, I knew I had bit off way more than I could fucking chew. And so yeah. it was just like, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm not a developer per se. I have some computer programming and uh, language and skills, but I'm not in deep within the programming languages, more specifically like Java or C++ and things like that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? This is not necessarily for me. So I did actually work for a company when I was in Memphis. Uh, shout out to Cook Systems International, where I actually learned uh, a multitude of computer program pro- programming languages, more specifically in the world of data and database analytics. And so data was the one thing I gravitated towards right away. And I mm-hmm. instantly caught on to it right away. I knew how to write SQL queries. I knew how to basically uh, modify and update existing queries. I knew how to talk to the data and how, how to have it respond back to me in the way that I needed it to. And so 
from that point on, I took that and ran with it. And here today, you know, obviously having the experiences that I've gained from that, uh, to your point about being able to be exposed to it and understanding that more people more times than not have had these same, these same mishaps when it comes to just like, okay, you may have not necessarily lied, but you embellished a little bit on your resume. Yeah. You saying, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I did this too. You know, it's like, well, you probably just got introduced to it. You really didn't do it in depth. And so, right. yeah, a lot of times more companies like more recently has started to incorporate the idea of having like internal training for their, for yeah. their employees because they know that in real time, they don't, they don't really have all the tools and know how to actually do the things they need uh, for, from a corporate standpoint. They may know the fundamentals, but mm -hmm. you go into deep detail about what needs to be done specifically, especially when you're handling data every day. That's, that's the type of things that you actually want to be able to offer. And so the fact that you've been able to offer that to a, a number of people out here uh, and even probably virtually uh, elsewhere, that, that's been a, a grateful, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of those people are very grateful for the many opportunities that you've been granted them from that standpoint. And so uh, for you, I mean, obviously, given that most of the time, whenever I speak to people on the show, a lot of times people experiences started with them saying, you know what, I experienced this from a negative sense and I want to turn this around and change the narrative and actually be able to provide this kind of help to other people speaks to the very premise of this show. We want mm -hmm. to help provide that content and information to people to help them be exposed to things and know, let them know, listen, you're not in this alone. Some of us on an everyday basis have encountered these very issues, mistakes, or even mishaps for that matter in our own professional sense. And so helping them gain that knowledge and understanding and how to, how to go about that and capitalize that from that point on is why we're on this show. And yeah. so uh, talk to me a little bit about what initially you were providing in terms of those crash courses and workshops uh, from, from that, from that point. Um, so beginning, what does this start off in 2017? So I'm laughing a little bit because my complete initial setup was so janky. Um, so Initially, it was just Microsoft Excel classes and just teaching people how to um, write formulas and which formulas are very important in an analyst um, setting. Yep. Um, because what happens when you self-learn? So I'm completely self-taught. Yep. But the issue with being self-taught, it takes you so much longer to learn what you need to learn because you'll go down this rabbit hole. So initially people were just like, oh, you know, I need to know this and Excel and that and blah, blah, blah. But what I did at that point in 2017, I had four years of analyst experience under my belt. So by the time I did start the company, certain things where I looked up, you know, in 2013, where it's like, okay, I gotta know this, 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 and that. It's just like, no, which functions or formulas I've used consistently from role to role. And it's just like, okay, from there, these are the ones that um, people should like 10 core ones you should know as an analyst yeah. and focus on the, the repetition. So I initially did that um, in January, 2017, when uh, I had, I think like eight students and I got them on meetup and it was so janky that I was physically transporting the TV from my trunk to the, uh, the community center where, <laughs> where the first classes were. And I'm so prideful. Like some of the guys in my class, like, do you need help carrying your TV? I was like, no, I have it. And here I am walking with heels on and, and carrying this TV. But it, it was janky. But 
it's it's not about where you start it's about where you end up absolutely and, and every beginning stages it's always going to be the, the the roughest time right because yeah you're, you're basically kind of going along as you go and, and implementing more and more things that you're learning on the fly and so and it's understandable so obviously and i've always said this one concept for me personally one of my philosophies i live in life is that you got to get carried before you crawl you got to crawl before you walk and so yeah there's levels to this and so looking at where you started to where you are now you, you're more appreciative of that growing pain or, or, or those growing pains in regards to the, the success level that you have obtained up to this point. And so, yeah, very much so commendable for that because, yeah, starting off, it was going to be rough because yeah. <laughs> you're still figuring things out. It's rough. But, but the fact is, over time, you've, you've invested more, you've networked more, you've gained mm -hmm. more knowledge and understanding too. A lot of times uh, for most of us who are self-learners, we, we tend to try to like, create shortcuts for ourselves like you know what i want to learn all that let me just like zip through some of this stuff and you realize right. doing that actually wastes time because now you got to go back and start over from where you first stopped at when you started to do those shortcuts now you got to start from there again and then work your way through those steps again to get back to where you ultimately want to go and yep. so, yeah i mean again started any any business any company for that matter is going to always be rough in the early stages of it but you keep on and you keep taking that initiative and keep having that ambitious attitude and mindset, it's going to grow. Like, like, like in, yeah. the, in the field of dreams, the quote is you build it, they will come. Right. So it's like you build this. And that's true. And yeah. Okay. And so yeah. when they start to see the growth and, and, and the very things that was actually going to come about learning uh, from these courses, so okay, more people now are going to word of mouth now. And every people, everyone is going to start to tell other people about it and say, listen, this is the organization or company that you might want to get, get in touch with. They actually provide X, Y, and Z to help you, you know, gain more knowledge in this area. Most of us, uh, obviously, who are now tech savvy because of courses like yours have now uh, it basically opened the minds up to say, okay, now these are the people who obviously are responsible for helping me get to where I am. And this company helped me get this place. And because of, because of the exposure that I've gained from these companies, now I'm more professionally able to write my own ticket and say, now, for me personally, I get phone calls every single damn day. I get emails every damn day about new inquiries, about new job and opportunities, things like that. And I'm able to say, all right, well, how much are you talking? Yeah, you, you can pick and choose. Yeah. I'll, I'll email you. I'll, I'll call you because yeah, if you can up that price, then, you know, maybe we can talk. But if that's as far right. as you can go, then you're speaking my money language, man. So, you right. know, yeah, being able to write that ticket, it, it, it definitely from a fresh, from a professional sense help me grow and help many others grow too from that perspective. So the fact that you were able to start off with eight people and then result to hundreds, maybe thousands of them now at this point, that it, that says a lot about how you have grown professionally as, as the founder, as the owner of this company and help other people grow in certain areas of, of their careers too. So now transitioning from that, now obviously this is pre-pandemic now, Yes. Now, given now, given that the pandemic has happened, now we two years in this shit. Yes. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm still frustrated about this shit, regardless. But anyway, now looking at it now, so let, let let's kind of like backtrack just a little bit. So right before the pandemic, things were pretty much working and, and just propelling itself exponentially for you when it comes to the many workshops and 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 uh and courses that you were providing and, and get more people enrolled in right so how from that point on till that point of shutdown and thereafter how what was the transition like for you 
So um, 2019, so it's always funny. So I always like to tell people in 2019, it was the, uh, at that point. So up until last year was the best year for business. But 2019 at that point um, was the best year for business. But personal life was gone to the shitter. <laughs> so it's just like personal life, you have like falling by the wayside. But then your professional life is just like, okay, it's so great. But um, during that time, we, and this is, I think we initially met when um, we were still hosting classes. We had moved from the community center, did um, move to co-working space. And then in 2019, we actually moved from co-working space to our own actual office. So um, had that's the year where more instructors were hired. Um, we were expanding as well toward the end of the year, going into the Charlotte market as well. So hiring um, new instructors, having a, a new office, dealing with, I didn't even know what this was at this point, but like an office build out and contractors and your building permits and all that stuff. So, you know, we were expanding. 2020 was going to be our year for in-person expansion. And so all this money went into this new space and new market, trying to get into Charlotte, um, our new classroom space in Atlanta. And then COVID hit and all of that money just was just like, okay, you're in the hole by like $40,000. <laughs> it's, wow. like, it's just like, wait, I didn't even get to use this office. I literally used the office. We used it for um, each of our instructors, all of us, we only used the uh, class or the office space for one full class. And that's the thing that sucks. And then it was shut down. And then it was shut down and still had to pay oh, rent for this you know this build out place like this build out office and it's just like okay so cannot use this space comcast still wants their internet money this leasing company they still want their money so um you know because i do i have friends who are business owners who did lose their businesses um they had to either file for bankruptcy or to come out personally to pay for debts because they had overhead yeah. And, you know, you're, you're trying to not ruin your business credit, but still pay your bills, but then your personal is suffering. So um, 20, 2019, the buildup, what we did for 2019 up until 2020, it was a hard, it was a hard, hard time. I remember uh, at the height of the pandemic, the week of the pandemic, I was on a group chat with my best friend and her sister. And she's like, I just want to check on y'all. And I remember telling her, I was like, listen, I just need two days. Y'all are probably just not going to hear anything from me. I just, I need to mentally <laughs> register what's probably going to happen to my business. Yeah. This money I'm in the hole by. It's just like, I just, I just need, I had to tell her, like, listen, I know I, you love me. You're trying to check on me, but I need to. This right, right. But just, just, just some, some me time, some personal time, but just yeah. way, answer any phone calls, text messages, none of that shit, because yeah, yeah this is literally <laughs> catastrophic as fuck, because yes. it definitely affected and infected so many different things and people in a span, I mean, in such a short span of time, right? So, yeah. and it's funny you say that because I remember the very last event, I took my wife to, they had a Wild and Out show, Nick Cannon's Wild and Out. They, they, had, they had a show uh, out at, uh, uh, at the uh, Phillips Arena. And some of the guys, some of the comedians on, this, on, on the stage making jokes about this shit. This was early, like, this yeah. was, like, I think it was right, right around in March. 
Yeah. Like March 15th was when the shutdown happened. So this had to be like a day or two before the shutdown. And then everybody was making jokes about it. Say, oh man, we good. We ain't gonna hit the US, X, Y, Z, all this other bullshit. So leaving that and then going home only to find out we can't leave our fucking house anymore. (laughs) I'm just like, oh man, this is- it's all those zombie movies come to life. We're just like, wait, what? You literally walk outside. It looked like a damn episode of Walking Dead. Like there's yeah. nothing moving. There's yes. you, know, you may have even caught a damn stoplight not working any damn more. It was just yeah. like it was weird. What? Yeah, eerie, very eerie. So, so and ain't no food in the damn grocery stores now. So whatever the hell you got now, you better hold on and you better make it last for as long as you can because. They, yeah. they had, it took a little while to slowly but surely start opening shit back up because it was just like, okay, how are we going to do this? Because this hadn't happened in a hundred years, not even to this capacity yeah. during, during the, the Spanish, the uh, Spanish flu that happened in, in 1918. Right. So for, from that to now, it's like, wait, so we didn't even learn how to deal with this shit. If this happens again. Yeah. Now yeah. everything just completely shut down. So for you, I can only imagine as a business owner, more specifically in this area of, uh, you know, obviously, you know, helping people be uh, exposed to technology, like you were having courses and, and then, you know, buying a new property and a- actually having it to where those different classrooms are available for people to come in and, and get taught and trained on these different things only to just have it completely halted. It's like, damn, like, okay. So how yeah. were you able to figure it out from that point on? Like, what, what was the transition for you in terms of, all right, once the, once things start to open back up slowly but surely, how did you basically correlate to, to that with your business? And how were you able to, like, basically bring that all together and, and, and kind of just kind of progressively move forward? Well, um, a, a few things happened. So first and foremost, God's funny sense of humor happened. So every time that, so initially you were going to start doing in-person classes again um, in July of 2020. And then there was like that surge. And so it's like, okay, well, let's put it off until until maybe September or maybe we can host one in October. Again, surge. And it's like, okay, you know what? Because at that point, um, we, we could not use our office space because our office space, we only could fit eight people in a classroom. And so even with being six or six to 10 feet apart, yeah. uh, the most we can fit in a classroom would be probably four. And that wasn't profitable. So um, I went and talked to other um, co-working spaces, again, going back to where we were before, co-working spaces, and having to rent these bigger or larger event spaces that can normally hold about 100 people. But again, you're limited because what how our business model would work, we would do free courses on Saturdays and Sundays, have about uh, usually between 30 to 40 people in those free sessions, and then convert 25% of those into paying customers. And then it was the same, same thing rolling. Yep, so yep. now where spaces where a hundred people using fit, now you can only fit 25. Yep. And if we have a conversion rate of 25%, still, it's just like, all right, uh, only about six people, still not that profitable. So, yep, yep, and at yep. that point, these event spaces, they went up in price, even though they were not having anybody, but you know, their business as well, they have to make money. Absolutely. So um, finally, it was just like, okay, God, with your sense of humor, I see what you're trying to say. It's just like, this is not, you know, I, I'm such a control freak. Yeah. 
it's like this is something you cannot control yeah and so um my husband he always used to recommend he's like okay based off of the where you want to be revenue wise why won't you uh open up like a consulting branch of the business and so i when i'm so focused and set on my passion i love teaching people yeah it was just like oh i'm, I'm just i i, I want to keep teaching people help people get these jobs and all this stuff and it was uh what was it it moved into 2020 um it moved into 2020 until into like February of 2021. And again, trying to start back in person because virtual is cool, but at the same yeah. time, you can't charge the in-person prices for virtual. So you're, you're, moving, you're, you're losing out on money. So I was like, okay, let me try one more time. And literally my, my husband and I had this conversation like two months before the end of February, 2021. And I would never forget, um, you know, he's saying this again, it's just like, you know, I know you're worried about where the business is going to be for 2021, maybe the consulting thing. And I was like, people are, companies are laying people off because they're in such an unknown place themselves. So that's not going to work. Um, and so a lot of people don't know this. So at the end of February of 2021, I literally locked myself in my closet. And I just cried for like two hours. I was like, I don't know if I can continue doing this. If this is so, so much, I, I promised myself, I was like, I'm never going to go back to corporate America. And I'm very conservative when it comes to money. So yeah. I have my emergency fund. I have a backup emergency fund. I was like, okay, if I ever hit these, that's when I have to really, you know, I have to really think about, okay, you have to restructure your company. Absolutely. And so I had, you know, hit touch one emergency fund out and I just went into red mode. And it's like, no, 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 no. So we, we have to figure out something. So literally that afternoon where I just sat in the closet, just crying, feeling sorry for myself. So my husband and I, we have a rule in our house. It's just like, you have 48 hours to feel bad for yourself after that. Get your I, ass up. I, I love that rule because I mean, yeah. as human beings, right? We can't sit here and just try to sweep under the rug the idea of, feeling, you know, feeling sad or frustrated or angry, anything like that, because we have emotions. These are different emotions and reactions to things that are happening to us, around us, directly or indirectly. That's okay. But you can't just stay in that rut and, yeah. dwell, and dwell and soak in that shit. No. Okay. All right. Now we know what the reality is. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. That's the question that you have to ask yourself on an everyday basis when it comes to self-assessment. And so I listen, I learned that even personally for my, for my damn self and my, my wife is a counselor. So she, 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 she would throw a lot of that professional uh, counseling stuff at me. I'm just like, wait, I, listen, first off, don't, don't do that. Like I'm your patient or something like that. But, but I, I see what you mean though. Cause obviously she's helping lightning me on a lot of different things when it comes to how we react to things. So you're either going to defeat it or you're going to let it defeat you. You yeah, can't, you can't do both though. So there's no yeah. area with that. So I appreciate that very that very sentiment that your husband was sharing with you in regards to that because a lot of us a lot of times do get so caught up in in just frustration and anger. It's just like okay, now we're just soaking in it. We don't we now we're not even thinking outside the box of what to do next. We're letting this defeat us right then in, in real time. And so yeah, that, that's that's counterproductive to all the work we have put into whatever we were doing prior to whatever catastrophic event that took place prior to that, you know? So yeah, yeah, I appreciate him saying that. And, and hopefully we can spread that word more often in our black community because oh, we go through a yeah. lot of shit, but we gotta yeah, be you know, overcome and, 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 even more. 
and, and it's it's very tough and yeah. it, it's it's amazing having somebody where because the me five years ago would have been like oh my god you don't care about me but you know we have that sentiment in our hope because he's made me a mentally stronger person yeah um and so you know he was there where I was just going through it but that afternoon of me going in the closet having my breakdown I was like how is a leader having a breakdown like this (laughs) so so that same afternoon I actually had a student reach out and um she 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 was a student in outside of Detroit and she reached out and she said hey our company is looking for um so she she works um in the Medicaid um government branch of Michigan and so or Medicare excuse me Medicare um um government branch of Michigan and so she she said our company is looking for uh SQL reporting services uh we can hire a company or you know I know you and your company teach a whole bunch of people so maybe we can hire somebody or see if you want to you know your company can do it and literally, and I'm not, I'm not joking, this happened the afternoon. I remember going to Chipotle, picking up lunch, and I got that email from her. And I was just like, oh, my God, talk about, like I said, God says humor. See that? See that? So, God, yeah. God saw you in your in your toughest hour, in your toughest time, and sat here and said, all right, send that email to her. This is going to undo all of that. She's going to be just fine. Yes. And so that happened. And so... This one contract was probably about 50% of what our revenue would be if we uh, kept going one-on-one or not one-on-one, but doing individual uh, classes with students. So that one, that one contract. And so I was like, Ooh, this is great. And so that was uh, a government contract. So I didn't realize this government contracts are very hard to get, but I got them only because of you know, the accelerate the company. So now 10 days later, (laughs) another government contract fell in my lap. Um, that was, this was a one that was a long time in the making. It was like a year in making. So I had another student who, um, she works for HUD and they needed, uh, project management dashboards. And we talked about it initially in June of 2020 and nothing really came about it. And so literally the day that I had my attorney look over the Medicare contract and we signed that contract and was about to start it, this HUD contract got finalized like a couple of days right after that. So now I got not one, but two government contracts. And those two contracts alone replace uh, 2019's revenue from individual boot camps and working way less hours. So two contracts and really didn't have to do any more individual boot camps with students anymore if I didn't want to, um, because these contracts were just, they literally just fell in my lap. Um, And so in 2021, that's where things started to, I started to look at, because that year I also got married and it was just like, okay, I want my life, my work-life balance to be a little bit different. And I think I deserve it at this point. I put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. So seeing how much money I was able to get from these contracts, and then I had more contracts come into play where I had to start telling people, wait, hold on. Um, You know, we we have to. Now now your cup went from being empty to you to to that cup runneth over now. 
So yes. in, 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 in the biblical terms, right? So yes. now you have so much on your hands that you can you can barely manage now. See, see how, how God works that way. Oh yeah. It's just like being because I'm such an impulsive person, but yeah. how it happened, um, how it happened, it was just, you know, listening to listen to what my husband has stated. It was just like, okay, listen, we'll we'll figure it out. Cry today, but we'll figure it out. And then just analyzing, sitting back, watching God's sense of humor, where the morning I'm having this second breakdown, I'm getting this one government contract and then another one 10 days later. And then um, business owners who I've worked with in the past and classes for or training for in the the past, they're not reaching. So a lot of these businesses did not know we pivoted to consulting, but they're reaching out saying, hey, do you do retainer services for reporting? Because great res- resignation actually helps us out. So it's just like, oh, you can't find three or four analysts that will need to do this work. That's great. So what we did were turn our instructors into consultants and they're making way more money now. So, wow. so wow. it's just, instead of you making like $500 a month from teaching this class, now you can work probably, uh, you can make probably like $1,000 a month, but you are working probably like 20 hours a month or five hours a week. And it's not on a schedule. You can do this at night. You can do this on the weekends. Yeah. We can have one meeting a week, but you don't have to worry about creating a curriculum. So it was, it was a no brainer where to take, to take the business. See, I, and I love that too. So ladies and gentlemen, quick backstory between uh, in, in regards to how I met with you in the first place. Right. So uh, obviously that, that, that co-worker space was where you, where you and I initially met. But you mm-hmm. were hosting those uh, different training courses and workshops and stuff like that too, and so at the time I was already in the in the in the field of data analytics as a data analyst for a company, um, and and came across it because I always look I'm, I'm always looking to expand my mind and add more to my resume, and I remember one of the, one of the introductional pieces, uh, one of the phrases that you use in regards to like introducing introducing yourself to everyone and let everyone what you're providing within within this company. One thing that you said to me that stuck out to me like a sore thumb, it was that with knowing that you're adding a new technology or a programming language to your resume, it's going to increase your salary about ten to twenty thousand dollars more. Yeah. When you said that, I was I, I instantly like my mind went straight to that point. It was just like it's funny she say that because seeing how many, especially here in Atlanta, where there are so many technology uh, opportunities and uh, inquiries about new job offers all the time. I mean, it, it's been, it was speculations about Amazon having another headquarters here. They were looking for new, mm-hmm. uh, new, uh, new programming, uh, project managers, pro, uh, product managers, things like that. I, I met a guy in the gym who was looking for ASW um, uh, service, uh, ASW uh, analyst or, or, or product manager or some, some, something along that nature. So okay. basically web services for Amazon and they're paying Mm-hmm. buck 50 200k a yeah year. yeah because obviously amazon makes <laughs> a trillion damn dollars and i'm probably one of the number one contributors to this shit because i'm always ordering every damn thing on amazon <laughs> every single day i literally have declared myself as an amazonaholic like i am like <laughs> buying shit every day and it's on the phone i mean scrolling by scrolling by <laughs> on the phone i'm on my computer like you know what and I, I still love going to the store but i'm buying shit on amazon every single day you know what I don't feel like waiting for this. They'll be here tomorrow with this shit. So I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. 
same day. So I, I pay for the prime so I can get same day or two days later. Some things come the same, like that very day that I ordered it, depending on how early you order yeah. it. It's just understanding that technology runs everything, right? So data is the functionality that basically operates everything on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. And in this profession, I've learned that what's 100% accurate day to day it's probably 40% accurate tomorrow because yes. data is ongoing. It's a process. Yes. It's Very like, dynamic. It's, like, it's not going to be an absolute, right? So yep. there are different types of facts in the world. There's an actual fact and an absolute fact, right? So an actual fact is today is Saturday. An absolute fact is tomorrow ain't Saturday. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So from, the, from that perspective, understanding how data works, how to talk to it, how, how to manipulate it, how to change it, how to modify it to your to what you actually want to see from a reporting and dashboard perspective is something that I've learned over the years. And, you know, obviously, on the subject of that, you know, we're, we're, you and I are going to be talking about more specifically, you know, what, what, these, what these companies are looking for when it comes to service now. Because mm-hmm. my, my specialty right now in, in, in past six years has been service now specific when it comes to configuration management database uh, information. And so, Utilizing my skill set from that perspective, and and possibly being a consultant for one of these companies, I'm I'm willing to do that and make you know a thousand a month or so, uh, in 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 that realm because obviously there's a, a a very much so need for that when it comes to training you know company employees to to do these things because now more companies are implementing these different platforms and softwares for their employees to be more effective and successful and ultimately make them more money. So yeah. Yeah, and, and that, that's the ultimate goal. So you went from, you know, obviously the bag that you were getting from teaching people and exposing them to different technologies and things of that nature, with it with the end result being an investment that returns on itself by being able to actually uh, help them, you know, reach out to their horizons in their own professional sense to now transitioning over to this bigger bag where companies are coming to you saying, hey, we need your help on um, help training our employees on how to do X, Y, and Z, because we, we, we're needing this expeditiously when it comes to the everyday demands and deliverables that we need our employees to be able to deliver upon. Can you help us with this? And so that with, with, uh, within itself returns a bigger bag and a bigger opportunity to gain more exposure to other companies. And so for you, my, my, my question to you in transitioning to that is, oh, are you ultimately going to go back to having that hybrid uh, atmosphere when it comes to still being able to provide some crash courses, some workshops, along with being able to still do consulting work on the side, but that being the primary, the primary goal when it comes to you know working with different companies and things like that, because the exposure of this, it's going to continue to grow and it's going to continue to be more uh, right. languages that's going to actually expand out and people are going to need more and more exposure to it. So what, what, what is your, your upward trajectory when it comes to expanding Accelerate? How, do, how are you looking to accelerate Accelerate? Right. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. So um, I'll be honest with you. So, and we still do training, but now it's on a corporate training level. Right. Um, so we will never go back to a hybrid model. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, so we're not going to go back to a hybrid model just because of, again, work-life balance being number one. So a lot of, a lot of students where, where we did the non-corporate model, a lot of students were coming in on weeknights and also weekends. And when we started this, um, 
all of our instructors uh, were either married, but no kids. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And so now <laughs> all of us are, are married and either having our you know first kid or yeah. getting married. And so it's different. So you have, you, your, your needs change. I know a lot of people may think like, oh, just hire new people. And it's just like, yeah, we're going to hire new people. But at the same time, um, staying with my, with with my core team, um, I want them to be able to enjoy time with their family as well, because I'm telling you right now, I'm not doing any more after our last, we're, we're ended off our last individual boot camps on March 2nd. But like after March 2nd, um, there are no more nights for me. There are no, no more weekends. So um, I work like a dog from Monday to Thursday, but Friday through Sunday, I try to take that and reserve that for my husband and me time. Like that's so important to me now. Um, so it's just like, yeah, we can go back to the hybrid model and make even more money. But I'm at this point in my life where I'm fortunate enough to be able to say, okay, I'm turning this down or because I want to, I'll do this. So like we still do one-on-one sessions for people and some people we turn away. Um, Some people it's just like, oh, we like you. You've been a past student. We'll we'll, we'll keep it moving. But um, going back to the overall question. So no, we're not going to go to the hybrid model again. That was one reason it worked by families. And number two, is with the with the uh, individual boot camps, we had to do marketing for that. So we were spending about like thirty thousand dollars a year on marketing, wow. and um, there's been and most of our marketing came from Facebook. And so with Facebook or now Meta is what it's called, but uh, with Facebook at the time, there are so it's a lot. Of, this happened with a lot of our business partners as well. The algorithms changed, and so it affects your outreach with your different marketing events so you know before we were spending $2,500 a month we may be able to reach you know 10,000 people now that 10,000 went to about 3,500 it's just like wait time's out my money's not going as far so with going to this corporate model we spend absolutely zero dollars on marketing so we're making more money and we're keeping more money because we're not having to pay for rent or overhead um we're literally paying for just like subscription and software services and insurance so we don't have to pay for overhead we don't have to worry about paying for insurance for an office we don't have to worry about um paying for marketing so that's saving thousands of dollars per month and um talking with my uh original accountant when i did um have my first accountant she was the first person to put in my face and just like you can't afford to do xyz and so once she put it into perspective it's just like all right you either increase your revenue or get rid of some of these expenses and so we did both where we increased the revenue we got rid of a whole bunch of expenses and so like even from the first time uh my accountant and i had our full in-depth meeting so in 2020 to 2021 our profits uh, we had an increase in our profits by, what was it? I think it was like 10, 10 times. So our profits was 10 times higher in 2021 than it was in 2020. Wow. So yeah, cause she was just like, oh, you need to change your business organization. So in 2020, cause it was looking grim. She's yeah. like, okay, in 2021, change your business organization. You may not need to do W2 anymore because it, it's not any benefit to you. And then to go from 2020 and then 2021, and I think the exact number, no, it was 12 times. So we increased our profits 12. So our profits are 12 times larger 
2021 than 2020. So it changed everything. So it was like, oh, and this, and this is guaranteed money now. So in 2022, so this month, January, we already have enough, we already have solidified contracts to where it's equal to our 2021 revenue. So everything that we're going to do this year is going to be incremental. So it's easier money. And so I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to go back to the hybrid model because I enjoy uh, being able to, you work, know, after work and, 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 and do more in, in terms of your personal life. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. It's funny you say that too, because a lot of times we become so career driven and ambitious to want to be so successful in our, in our work careers and rightfully so, because we put mm -hmm. so much time and investment into getting into that field that we, you know, we want to see a return on that investment, like right then and there and even mm -hmm. long-term sense too. But it, uh, in a lot of those doings that we, that we actually perform, we're, we're actually taken away from our personal time, from our family, yeah. time, from our spouse's uh, time alone and things like that. And that exclusiveness when it comes to being able to balance things out. And so you're going to always be in a position to sacrifice it, but it's all, it's all about how much of it are you willing to sacrifice or going to, but you know, the one thing about the technology field, more specifically, even as it pertains to you and I, is that we're able to be in a position where we can actually say, listen, I am no longer stressed about work anymore. Now, mm -hmm. yeah. I can balance out my time. I can't tell yeah. you, I, listen, I ain't worked a damn weekend in probably over 10 years. And I feel damn good about that knowing yeah. that I don't have to if I don't want to. But right. I, it, it would always be an option if if, if the, the right offer came about. And I'm still able to still balance out that time even on the weekends, where it's just a couple of hours on a Saturday or a Sunday or both, but I can still manage to still be able to be with my family and spend time with them and even have some alone time with myself too, you know? So those yeah. things, you oftentimes, we overlook that a lot with the importance of how a balanced work life and, and, and a personal life is essential to our mental and physical health. We have to be able yeah. to incorporate that on an everyday basis. Otherwise, we're going to drive us, ourselves batshit crazy. Because oh, I, I agree with that 100%. And then the frustrations of work come home. Now you're lashing out at your kids and your spouse and shit like that. And it's like, okay, see, this would have worked better had you balanced this out, right? So, yeah. Yeah. But even still, like to your point about the, just the whole idea of being hybrid, the best thing that I've learned over the years about technology, more specifically being in this field, is that working from home has been the you strike gold when you're doing that right so for me personally i've been working from home five almost six years now mm -hmm. so I, I was used to this shit so this pandemic ain't, ain't affect nothing for me right right, right and i've been able to do work effectively at home and uh, as well as professionally get my work done and still be very much so productive in my area of expertise in a professional sense so that has of of course uh, Granted, a lot of people, the opportunity to still be at home if their kids are at home learning virtually or their kids are happen to stay at home because schools are closed or whatever, they're able to still balance things out at home and still be productive workers, you know, while they're working from home. And so, I mean, research has shown in the past two years that people are more productive working from home now. So, because you don't have to worry yeah. about the cost of gas, being stuck in traffic. I know here in Atlanta, Atlanta traffic, the worst shit on earth. It's horrible. It's the absolutely horrible. Worst traffic on this damn planet and any other damn planet close to the damn sun. And so, with that being the case, having you, you spend less money with gas, spending less money on patronizing different businesses because you're not 
obviously you're not out there just spending unnecessary money on mm-hmm. things that you probably wouldn't have if you were working from home. But right. the flip side of that, you're probably doing that with Amazon and, and eBay and all these other online companies that are now are making it more. Gotta have that discipline. So you have to have discipline. And I'm yeah. working on it. I'm still a, I'm still a work in progress, so pray for me. But, <laughs> but anyway, it's just the fact that the conveniency of working from home has been so successful that more companies are migrating and transitioning over to that because they see, listen, we're keeping our employees safe and happy and still being able to be productive and still get our jobs done. So right. let's be more, much more mindful of the fact that every last one of our employees have families, have kids, spouses, and things of that nature. And they have to be able to take breaks here and there to get themselves right mentally and physically to where they can be effective and productive in their work life. So technology has been the, the, the main the main culprit in the matter when it catapults in people's professional sense with, with providing that aspect of, of their careers with being you know able to work from home. So the fact that you're able or you were able at the time to provide online courses, because some people are better off you know, some people are audio learners, visual learners. Some people can mm-hmm. learn the both and be hands-on experienced learners too. But the one thing about these online courses is that you're able to provide them, at least they can be at home still learning these things. And, and, and basically, you know, hopefully they're developing some type of accountability partners within those courses with different people that they're obviously in class with virtually saying, hey, right. let, 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 let's connect. Uh, outside of uh, outside of class and let, let's kind of hold each other accountable and help each other be effective in this particular area because again those are blessings in disguises that you don't ultimately see initially but after a while it becomes pretty pretty obvious to you that hey you know what this is effective let me go ahead and learn virtually and, and, and be able to still be effective and gain more experience to put on my resume and say okay I ain't just telling you I, I do this shit I actually right, yeah. learn how to do this yeah you actually yeah. You, you actually, you actually have it. And, um, and I mean, working, I, I, I won't even lie to you. I actually hate teaching virtually. Or I used to hate teaching virtually, but yeah. now it, it became, it became forced. So your livelihood actually depends on it. So you can't just say, okay, I check out. You just have to adapt with, um, what's happening in the world. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. And the, the thing is, I, I love the option of working from home. I don't, I, everybody in my life knows this. So my husband and I are in a, and if he hears this, I want him to know because I get on his nerves. So I'm always like, we should have bought a house when I told you to, for us to buy a house and we're stuck in this apartment. So we're in this seven, right before COVID, we downgraded, uh, downsized to a 700 square foot, one bedroom apartment from a two bedroom apartment. Okay. That was my idea. I was just being cheap. And I was like, we can save $300 a month. If we just move in the building across the street, we did that and, you know, stuck in these, high prices so with that being stated working from home is great but just neat I need an escape (laughs) so like this year um don't have an office like we did before but um I did invest in a co-working just drop in whenever unlimited drop-ins just down the street from where we live because I do want because yeah we're going to start on working on having a family later this year but what I want I need this for my sense of self when we have a baby um, I'm gonna be a stay-at-home mom so I I I know that that's not going to to be what's in the cards for me um I want to start getting ready and used to that schedule where it's like okay maybe Tuesday Thursday Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays I can go to this co-working space um and use that as if I were at the quote-unquote office from like 10 a.m to 5 p.m and use that as my sense of me time and normalcy 
um, because working from home is great, but at the same time, it's just like, okay, I need to get out of this environment because it's probably going to drive me crazy if we're always we see each other every day. Very much so. <laughs> I completely understand that, but in, in, in essence, right? So if you have separate working spaces, because normally a lot of times if the spouses both work from home, then mm -hmm. they you know, overlap each other's hearing and, and speaking on, on different oh, yes. Microsoft Teams and WebEx meetings and shit yep. like that. So you want to make sure you, that you're creating a separate space for yourself and for your spouse too, to be able to work from home effectively without any right. interruptions or back noises and things like that. But I'm going to tell you this much, as a self-appointed professional parent of two children. <laughs> professional parent of two children. <laughs> I learned a few. I learned a few things here and there in my few years of being a parent. I can tell you this much: when you become a parent, you're working on your kids' time, not yours. So yes, listen. With you being so so uh, schedule oriented, and all that all schedule, all you're that, working on that baby listen, time that is so cute and wonderful. <laughs> and I can tell you this much: this shit ain't gonna last. It ain't gonna work. It's just not gonna happen for you. I, I, I want to let you know that now, so oh, I yeah, failure because I feel like if I if I don't tell you that, then it's partially my fault for not doing it. As and I appreciate brother, that exactly. As I, I appreciate friend, that. As your friend, as your kindred spirit brother, I want to let you know that as a professional <laughs> appointed uh, parent. I, that it just ain't gonna cut out like that for you. The cards ain't gonna fold the way you want to. So, but you know what's funny is that I'm sure I have this life that I'm trying to plan out. My best I know you do. Planning we are such wonderful. Virgos. Wonderful. My best friend and I, we plan out everything in life. I know and you do. Until I'm like, oh, until I'm not a stay-at-home parent. And exactly. it would be funny if I ended up being the majority stay-at-home parent. That would actually be really funny. And I'm just like, no, I'm too attached to my work. I don't think so. So all these plans are going to be funny when I wonderful. Like, listen, listen. It's just there's nothing now. wrong with planning, okay? There's nothing <laughs> wrong with it. But I'm gonna tell you like this: 90%, if not 95% of those plans are gonna get altered. Now, oh, yeah. how, you, how you basically address those alterations is solely based up to you and to your right. your husband, of course. But of course, you're gonna have that equal balance to say because it's always gonna be that one spouse over the, over the other one that's gonna have much more of a. You, you develop patience that you didn't know you had or didn't. Oh, that's gonna be my husband all along. That's not gonna be me. That'll be my husband. Okay, see, listen. Yeah, that won't be me. Again, again, as a self-appointed professional parent, you find out that you really didn't have no patience to begin with. So now your kids are going to test the very patience that you don't even have. And you're going to be able to have to manage and, and basically alter a lot of different things. Work schedules are going to have to be altered, different breaks, different times, different needs. Yeah. You're going to find yourself in a position dealing with a toddler, having to negotiate with a damn toddler. I'm telling you this because I have a four-year-old daughter who, who I have to have adult conversations with sometimes. Like, listen, Listen, baby, we talked about this, Ladybug. We can't, no, I can't do that. And then when you get so frustrated, you're like, you know what? Just go, go do it. I, I, don't, I don't have time for this right now. I'm just, you, you're compromising more than you would like to in most cases. And it's funny because they, they oftentimes see you in that compromisable state and just take advantage of it. And ain't nothing you can do about it. But that's okay. No, that's okay. You're, no, you're, you're, you're so right. Um, it, we were coming from, uh, I was coming from this brunch and it was me, my best friend and her line sister in the car. And <laughs> my because my best friend and I were so much alike with how we do things. So she is saying, yeah, because when, <laughs> when, when, when my daughter has her prom and if something goes wrong, 
um, I'm going to talk about like different plans. Here's like plans A through D and here's how we're going to plan it out. And I was like, yeah, I understand that. Me too. And her line sister's in the back of the car and just like, what are y'all talking about? Like y'all are talking about plans A through D? And I was like, right. yeah, that's how our brain works. All right. Like our brains work that way where it's just like boom, 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 boom. Plan, 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 plan. <laughs> until, until you realize you just bought, you just spent some damn money on the damn uh, planet that you got from Michael some damn well for nothing. That's just gonna throw it out the damn window. Just realize, like, uh, <laughs> it's gonna get done when it get done. Now, I ain't, I, I ain't for to sit up here and just try to like thoroughly plan this shit out anymore because your life is no longer just yours now. Yeah, yeah. Plans that. sound great in theory. They Plans sound great. Sound, in theory. Listen, listen. My, my wife is much more of a planner and, and, and very punctual when it comes to shit like that. But we oftentimes be like. All right, oh, that shit gonna get done. Don't need more. <laughs> I'm more more like that than her. I see that bitch trying to talk to her. I'm like, listen, baby, I just told you. Listen, we can't squeeze no time to do that. Do this X, Y, and Z. It's gonna get done when it get done. We sit up here arguing about this, and I'm sitting up here laughing. I'm yeah. like, okay, but I mean, needs to say though, it's to kind of get get back into the 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 topic at hand in regards to technology. The fact that you're able to balance out now with being able to like basically teach corporate corporate industries in corporate America and their employees how to do these different things and still manage to get an even bigger bag and do less work. It, it, it brings to mind my, my other philosophy that I, that I live on too is right. It's a person, the man or woman who gets paid less to do more will ultimately get paid more to do less. Yes. And, yes. The, and you are living proof of that now, yes. especially given that, you know, now you're trans. You you made a, a successful transition to help corporate America teach their employees how to how to use the different platforms and 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 software developments that they actually Im Im implementing in their own companies. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, like like for for instance, the fact that you don't have to pay that much money or any money at all on marketing. These big companies are, are going to start marketing you more and promoting you to yeah. other companies and other like sister companies and brother companies that they actually work with or even competitive with and things like that. So that within itself is a blessing in disguise because now that money that you spoke about that you paid out in the advertisement, you actually keep it in and actually can redirect that towards other things to help expand the business even more broadly. And so exactly. that, that, that is definitely something to be commended, commended on and, and commended for because- Look at where you where you first started to where you are now. And I oftentimes think about how Amazon started. I remember seeing a yeah. picture of, you know, them having like a gazillion wires in like like several damn computers and just figuring out, okay, how do I get people to purchase something from one end and, and basically have it shipped to them? To not being uh, the, the wealthiest damn conglomerate in business in the damn universe, Jeff Bezos being a damn quadrillionaire, if that's even a damn word now, because I don't even know what he, I can't even call what he has his money. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's power like, at this point. It's yeah, like, it's just like it's some planets or some shit. Like he, he owns Jupiter or something. I don't know. It's just, just that much money. So right. thinking about the success rate, again, everyone starts somewhere, but it's the initiative and the ambitious goal and mindset that you have to continue on to expand, learn more, do more. You, you're going to have those, those growing pains to go through. But once you see the end result, and the very much so be the beneficiaries of it, it was all worth it. When, when you yeah. see the work that you put in and the work that is, it is dispersing out or, or basically distributing out, you knew this was worth going through all those things. And I do want to expound on that. Um, 
my husband and I had this conversation at dinner last night and the lady behind us probably thought we were arguing. It was just like, no, we get into like really, really heated oh, debates. I'm like, like we're not arguing. Yep. We're just, you know, we, we just get in debates. But, um, and here's the thing, because I started the company when I was, uh, how old was I? I was 27, 26, 27 years old at the time. And I think now, especially with COVID, so a lot of people um, have gone into being solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, whatever the case may be. And so many people, because we're in a social media heavy world, they see, oh, this company made a million dollars in business their first year. And if they don't do that, people get so discouraged. And then they play the, um, they play the comparison game where it's just Mm -hmm. like, well, why, why am I not here? So this is what I actually do. I used to log into LinkedIn every single day. I don't log into LinkedIn every single day. I log into LinkedIn probably. That's my only social media platform I use. I probably log into it now once a month, once every 45 days. And the reason being is for me not to get caught up in the comparison web where it's just, you know, when you see um, other, especially other Black uh, business owners making way more revenue you can even imagine, you congratulate them. You should not sit there and just be like, oh my God, why have I not reached that amount of money? Or what? Because it's just like, if you're logging in constantly seeing people do certain things, instead of you congratulating them and being happy for them, um, you're thinking about, oh, well, why am I not where, where I'm supposed to be? And so we have to get outside of that impulsion, oh, I have to be here type of mentality. And so I know when we talked last time um, via phone, but I also want to say this again, I absolutely love her, Pinky Cole um, with Slutty Vegan. Yep. And so a lot of people think that Slutty Vegan was her first restaurant. And it's just like, no, it actually wasn't. She had a restaurant, I think in New York, and it caught fire. And so that restaurant wasn't what Slutty Vegan is. It was just, it took time to get there. Yeah, her first year was amazing with Slutty Vegan, right? But she also had a restaurant where she was in this business for years. And that restaurant did not have nearly the success of Slutty Vegan. And so I think she's a huge testament. And even with her, I think it's Essence, she and her um, partner, her husband, yep, her you know, husband. yeah, covering it. It's she just owns so- a, uh, like a, like a cheesesteak uh, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've been very successful. Big shout out to both of them. And I hope that I can yes. have at least one of them on the show to talk about that because Slutty Vegan is amazing. I, I've only yes. been here one time because the damn line is longer than the damn iPhone, uh, uh, new, uh, the new issue of the iPhone coming out. So I'm like, I can only wait for three hours for so long. But it's amazing. <laughs> I'm not even vegan, but the, the food, and I'm my husband is. I was like, that is the best burger I've ever had. And the only reason I haven't gone back is because, again, shout out to my best friend. She and her sister to get uh, Slutty Yeah. Where her business has grown. And like I said, people probably see it and we're just like, oh man, I want to um, have that level of, of success overnight. And she's like, she didn't have that level of success it was instantaneous. And that's you know? the thing, man, we, we, especially in the black community here, again, here on this show, I love to, to acknowledge and share experiences with us and, and just talk about positive things that we're doing, but also hold each other, hold us accountable for what we're not mm-hmm. doing enough of, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we oftentimes, we judge the performance on stage, but we don't see the work behind the curtain. It's like we, we, we don't we don't get enough 
we don't pay enough attention to how much work it took or how much effort and time and, and sleepless nights it took someone to get to where they are now. You think that it just happened instantaneously when it don't work yeah. that way, especially it don't work the way for us because we don't get yeah. the money. So we got to, right. we getting this shit from the mud, literally. So we're, yeah. we're coming from the ground up, starting from scratch and building on that. And what's going to help us propel that from that place to to the next is us supporting each other without any, any backlash or any, any, Anything in return in, in terms of wanting to have a favor done, want to have discounts, X, Y, Z. Being able yeah. to, to successfully help each other, support each other, and be monolithic that way, it's going to help us get ahead in life and not looking for handouts and things like that. But just because you supported someone, you got a service provided to you. So, uh, of course, you didn't get anything back. You, you wasn't in a position to not get anything back in return. You, yeah. you supported this business, and this business provided a service to you that was successful, that you appreciated and loved. So, it, it was a, it was a give and take, right? So it wasn't no just give yeah. it or just take it. So we have to get out of that right. mindset and understand that it's going to take all of us to support one another to help move this culture forward because we have the potential to do that. And and I I so agree with that. And last thing I'll say about um last thing I'll say about Pinky, you'll probably think I know her because I'm so obsessed with her as a businesswoman. Like I'm yeah. I'm I, I love her, but um she has these uh like these little mini segments on V103 where, you know, she'll give like Pinky's business tip of the day. And one thing she said on there, I love where, and this piggybacks on something you just said, where it's just like, hey, you know, if you have a business connection, don't reach out to them when you actually need them for your business. Just get, grab coffee, say like, hey, how's you doing? How's your business doing? Because I think so many times people see a successful person who's like, let me ride on their coattails. Let me reach out to try to, you know, get my business to their level and it's just like it is okay for you just to check in and to see how that person's doing without wanting something in return and it's just like that's getting that in return without even knowing that just right exactly curiously through someone else and just having a regular everyday conversation you don't know how much information they're going to disperse to you in that given moment of time when right. you're not asking for it so it's just like just being open-minded to the possibility of just cloud networking which is yep. one of the things i love about atlanta because there's so many of us young black professionals in, in this area in, in the atlanta area and we're all developing we're all growing we're all being able networking is, is a huge thing here in atlanta and you're seeing more and more successful business flourish because of that and so to your point absolutely you, you just having those casual conversations with people and not looking to say hey i'm looking for this can you help me with that but just 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 off just off general principle Having mm -hmm. these conversations is gonna it's gonna basically help prepare you more than you may ultimately know. So. Yeah, and you you never know um, who you may need. And I want to take that I want to take that comment saying you may not know who you may need because I've been seeing this um, speaking with my clients and speaking just with friends in general. Um, I know we're in this area of the great resignation, and I'm I'm a huge a supporter of listen make sure you do what's best for you in your career. But at the same time, I'm also seeing a pattern where, because uh, I, I, I'm a huge, um, I, I read Business Insider News every single day. Like that's my social media. I read it like every five minutes I'm on my phone reading business news. Yeah. But I see these articles where it's pretty much kind of glorifying people saying, oh, I just woke up that morning, I sent an email on my boss and I just quit. And I was just like, wait, listen, that's where I don't agree with the great resignation. When you're quitting, like doing a fire quit where it's just like, I'm doing it same day. I don't care about anybody. This is my liberation. Yep. 
I am telling you, do not do that. Um, give the proper two weeks because you never know, especially in a city like Atlanta, you never know who you're going to need yep. and who you may need path to work cross with again. business. Who path are you going to cross again it, to some yeah. capacity? Yep. Yeah. So you, you, you have to do that. Um, there, there, there was a, a, a client of mine and somebody that uh, I, I want to make sure I keep it vague without giving too many details, but um, there was a client of mine and um, I found out that someone at the company I worked there was no longer working there. And it was like a no call, no show type of thing. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it was somebody who I actually wanted to mentor. I really thought about mentoring because um, uh, he and I, excuse me, he and I actually talked about me possibly mentoring him. And once I found out that he just quit and I was just like, in the fashion that you quit, yeah. I would probably not mentor you or give you opportunities I would have given you because just, it, you know, you never know who you can rub the wrong way with what, what you're doing. Um, so I'm always just like, listen, I don't care. I understand you have really toxic work environments. I understand that and I totally get that, yep. but I still believe in um, doing things the right way. Professionalism well. yeah. is still essential and very much so important, especially for us, considering the fact that, again, from a racial standpoint, yeah, companies still look at your resume based on your first name, no yeah. ethnicity. So they throw a lot of our resumes and applications away because of who they automatically assume we are. In terms mm -hmm. of, like not, not the type of person we are, but the type of person they collectively put us as. Like, as yeah. yeah. And so when you get the opportunity, you, you have to maintain that level of professionalism, even, even being a, a little professionally petty, if, if you will, it, it still can go a long way, right? So obviously, I don't know everyone's circumstances when it comes to those immediate uh, quits and things like that and resonations. But I will say to your point, you know, professionalism and maintaining that is still a level of importance that we have to maintain because you just never know who you may come across again, who perhaps you may come across and who you may need later down the road in, in, in mm -hmm. life to some capacities because- yeah. Again, it's a small world when you think about it, especially in some yeah. industries that you're oftentimes, you know, exposed to. So you you always want to make sure you're very much so cognizant of that because, again, you don't want to hurt, you don't want to burn any bridges that you may ultimately need. Even if that even if that particular company was was shitty and they, they didn't do things mm -hmm. well, they weren't professional in their own right. That's that's fine, but that's on them. They're gonna to have to reap, reap the consequences of that. You right. don't yeah. want to have that type of karma, even though some people may look at it. It's, it is superstition, but it's it, there is some merit to that. So you want to make oh, yeah. very much so conscientious about the decisions that you make and how you go about making them. So, right. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And so, yeah, again, with the, I mean, and the fact that you and I you know, met a few years back and oftentimes we were having these discussions about how. Uh, at that given moment in time, you look for different instructors on teaching these different courses and things like that. And I, and our schedules never really just came together because I knew I was yes. interested in that. And looking at how many more years I gained in experience, now I'm even, I'm, even, I'm even at a better place to actually be that a better instructor now when it comes to helping people be exposed to technology from a data analytic, you know, perspective, right? So yeah, and even last time we talked, because I I told you, um, even after this today, where I was like, hey, I want us to connect on possible um, doing analytics instruction in schools, where yeah. it's because a lot of people look at certain things and are just like, man, 
what about that opportunity that, you know, that you had brought up in the past? And it's just like that opportunity may have been small compared to what this bigger opportunity may be. So sometimes playing that long, longer waiting game could be more beneficial, you know? Yep. And so and even one last thing I want to say to that is that being a part of, I'm, I'm actually part of two organizations. One of them is based out here in Atlanta. One of the other one travels throughout the country mm-hmm. and uh, black man code is, uh, is actually an organization that, uh, this black uh, gentleman started a few years back here in Atlanta, where a, a few of us black black men who are in the technology field, most mm-hmm. like in different areas of technology. So everyone, every last one of us have gained experience, some of which are certified in certain areas when it comes to uh, technology or different aspects of technology. And so we come together, we kind of like, you know, basically come up with different ideas on how we can expose more kids to it. And then on the flip side of that, Black Boys Code, which is an organization that I that I, uh, that I became a part of a couple of years ago, which basically exposes our young kids, our youth, our, our youth boys, ages nine to sixteen, on different programming languages and things of that nature when it comes to building apps and creating uh, games for themselves too. A lot of these kids love Fortnite, so it's just helping them exp- being exposed to the the uh, the inside aspect of how to how to do development work and and uh, the analytics of it as well. Because we don't want our kids to keep being consumers of all of this technology, and mm-hmm. you're not necessarily gaining anything except consumerism. You yeah. want to be the, the the creators and founders of and developers for these goddamn, but all of these different types of technologies and things like that. So we want to help expose them early on in life so they can grow with that. Because I, me personally, I, I started when I was in third grade. I, I love technology. I love science. And so to, to be in this industry now and, and looking back on that, I, I've had many people like just a couple months ago, um, uh, my, my mentor, Mr. Haynes, uh, passed away. Um, and he was dealing, he was battling cancer for a, a good number of, uh, years or so. And so, um, one thing that, that happened for me personally with him, he exposed me to even more technology on a high school level. I went mm. to the biggest high school in Chicago. And from there, you know, he opened my mind up to a lot of different things when it came to manufacturing engineering uh, and, and just computer programming uh, and just computer languages in general. And so, you know, when I got to college, obviously I took up computer sciences as my major, got a bachelor's degree in that. I have, a bachelor, I have a master's degree in education technology because I understand that technology drives everything now. Technology has now become a new resource like water, like air, like fire, like wind, yeah. because now we can't live without it. And right, the very, exactly. the very second technology isn't working, everything goes to shit. So it's right. like, yeah. from that perspective, understanding how important it is to be tech savvy in a world that's driven by technology. And so- right. You know, him being my mentor for a number of years, even after I graduated from high school, we always stay, always stayed in touch. Uh, I uh, Just 2019, I got inducted into my high school Hall of Fame. He was the first person I called to be there. He said, I wouldn't miss it for the world. And being there and making him proud, it, it's just that, that overall reassurance that, <laughs> that someone who, or, or many people who invested in me I, I wanted them to see a return on that investment in the most positive light yet. And so I'm thankful for where I am, but I'm very much so fortunate where I am because of people like him. And so, uh, and, and oftentimes giving him a lot of credit for where I am professionally because of the, the, the many years of exposure that he granted me, you know, even in, on the high school level. So again, exposure is a lot, man. And so the earlier yeah. our kids are exposed to this, 
that early on they're going to be more intrigued by it and see if this is the profession you want to go in. And it's good. As long as we're obviously educating our kids and having them go to college, that's great. But you want to really zone in specifically on certain areas that you want to go in. You want to have it to where you're going into an area that's not really demanding. It's not really paying well. You may have a passion for it, but you want to expand on that from a technological standpoint or from a business standpoint. But either way, making sure that you're getting the most out of uh, out of school, but then also looking for these uh, different companies like, like your company, Accelerate, for different crash courses and workshops, because there are now starting to be more companies and, and, and uh, industries popping up with this idea of giving people, you know, the idea of being certified in specific areas so they can help help, help them grow from a professional sense and, and uh, enhance their, their resumes and make them more marketable gain 10,000, 20,000 more dollars to their salary and things like that too. So they can write their own ticket. So from that standpoint, yeah. And also for them to have um, exposure outside of, because it used to be, and this is no site to any professionals that are doctors or lawyers, but it used to be where, okay, you can be a doctor and lawyer and you make a quarter million dollars a year. You can be in tech now and make way more than a doctor or lawyer, have way less student loans, and you know, you're not going to school for eight to 12 years. Um, but you don't see that you don't see that exposure. And so even for us, for example, um, we actually started getting inquiries about doing uh, data analytics programs to private schools. So these are private schools who actually have the funds. And very, and the, the first person that approached us was a very well-to-do father um, at a non-minority school where it's like, hey, we want our kids to have this competitive edge. This would be a great program. We weren't ready at that time, but now we're starting to, we're, we're ready. We have the curriculum. We have the uh, tools and resources in place, but a lot of private schools, um, they have these programs for their students, but you know, they have those resources yep. to pay for pay pay for services. Whereas with public schools, you you don't have it. And so um, it's not something where because I even told my husband, I was like, well, you know, I struggle because yeah, the money would be great and yep. easy with private schools, but at the same time. I want to be able to touch someone where like if they were a younger Whitney where, um, you know, I, I didn't even know any of this existed. So I didn't know this until after I wasted my money on a finance degree that I do not use and this MBA that I still don't use. So it's just, um, let me not say a waste. So, um, but it's just, I didn't know that those things even existed. So analytics, um, my grad school, or I went to Mercer for my grad school, they didn't offer an analytics program until a year after I graduated. So I didn't even know what it was. So I found it out via email and I was like, analytics, what is that? So I ended up working within this field and Mercer was very gracious um, enough to be another uh, business partner where they invite us to come in at the beginning of uh, their MBA cohorts and teach for a week, like teach, teach, teach these analytics classes to, to grad students. Yeah. So um, it, again, just exposure. I had the exposure very late, but I had it nonetheless. So um, listen, better yeah. than never, right? So yeah, better late than never. Now you're in a position to expose others much earlier in their lives too, to where they can, it can continue to pass on through, through, through generations of people, especially in the black communities, given the fact that we don't have much access. Well, I mean, it's access to everything now, but 
we don't have necessarily the means and resources to get more exposure of it rather than other than the, the basic concepts and fundamentals of it. Right. So mm-hmm. from that standpoint, something to look, something to consider and look into. I, I just thought about this as you were talking about that from a legislative standpoint. Right. So obviously with the public schools, they're 90 percent of the of their funds is coming from us taxpayers who live in those counties and, and cities. Right. So but the other 10 percent is coming from the state. This would be something to possibly propose to the state saying, okay, can you put some more money into these schools in regards to this specific area when it comes to exposing our kids more, more detail in technology? That, that, that is something that I just thought about thinking about when you were saying that. Oh yeah. Like I, and mind you, I'm, I won't even lie to you. These are things that I have, um, yeah. I have thought about. Uh, I won't lie to you. My bandwidth <laughs> certain things where I'm just like, oh, I can do this, 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 and that. You can do that work-life thing. Yeah, so, but I I feel that in the next two, three years, um, I'm speaking into fruition where God can bless me with uh, having an assistant and I can have things where it's like, okay, my bandwidth is not so, not so consumed. But, um, but, but yeah, no, I think that that's, I think that that would be such such a huge accomplishment and 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 goal to reach because, like I said, um, being especially being in a city like Atlanta, and there's I, I definitely encourage it. Um, so many kids see entertainment, and so that's what they want to go toward, you know. And it's just like, listen, you can make a lot of money still be in control of your schedule if you're in if you're in this space, but. You know, it's it's still not sexy to them. It's like, no, I want to be on Instagram or YouTube, and I, I, I get that. They go for the attractive job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, I'm not knocking anyone's pockets. I'm not sitting up here sliding or, and, and going at anybody from from a professional sense. Obviously, you make your money how you make your money. I respect everybody right, right, right. doing that. But with that being said, you want to go about it in a more productive way in, in terms of what's more realistic in regards to going into these different things. If it's not going to challenge you, it's not going to change you. That's the bottom yeah. line to everything. So and even in the professional sense, you want to go, you want to go into a field that you can obviously flourish in, be successful and also develop a passion and a knack for as well in terms of expanding on that and, and going even further than where you started. So right. that, that needs to be the ultimate goal. Like right? those, those different steps, we need to be having those steps implemented in, every, in our everyday life when it comes to our professional sense and not, not be those types who are always complaining about their damn job and say, man, they on Instagram or on, on Facebook, man, hell, who hiring? Why, why, why are you always inquiring this way? Yeah. You, you're, you're seeming too desperate when you could have been putting forth more of an effort professionally and individually to get yourself some more exposure and training and, and certification right. in those areas so that you don't have to feel this way about whatever crappy job that you feel like you've been in for too long. You're, you're making it a choice to stay there. Now, yeah. like and starting I, off there, is, you start somewhere, but right, right, right. There, have a plan, a long-term and short-term plan to expand on that and go beyond that point, not staying in that rut. It's yeah, like, and I think that that's, and I actually challenge, because that's something I want to bring up. Um, I actually challenge everybody to have a career or, yeah, a, a career or professional journal. Um, because I would never forget, I actually,
Hey, Winnie, are you still there? I think she dropped. I think she had she had some technical issues. Okay, she's gonna join back in a minute. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, th this the exposure or the idea of being exposed to technology is a paramount of importance when it comes to the black community. We oftentimes become consumers of all these different devices and 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 you know, phones and tablets and you know, you know laptops and things like that. When we can be in the trenches learning how to build one, how to create one, how to create apps and things like that. So it's a it's a very much so a paramount of importance that we gain the knowledge and exposure to it because there's a lot of money and a lot of promise and opportunity in 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 being in this field. Hey, when okay, you? I don't know what happened. Yeah, I was like, I don't I don't know what happened. Yeah, no, I think you froze up. Yeah, I think you froze up. It's okay. But um, I, I I recommend for everyone to do a professional career journal because um, five, 2016, I started. I wrote down where I wanted my goals to be, what type of business I wanted, how much revenue, even how much I wanted to pay down in personal debt. So I read that from time to time where I feel that I'm not achieving enough. And I go back and I read it. And I'm just like, oh, actually, I actually surpassed every single thing in, in that journal. So I always go back and read it to humble myself and just like, okay, you know what? You did what you set out to do and what you wanted your life to be. But also, um, I like looking at it because I had a plan. Because I knew that corporate, I'm not saying this, is entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Corporate America is not for everybody. Corporate America wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. So instead of me, 2015, I was just tired of complaining about like, oh my God, I hate corporate America. Okay, if I hate it, what are you going to do about it? Exactly. Um, and so it's just, you do some short-term pain, even when um, I initially started setting this business up. I did not see friends for a really long time. It was just crazy. I was probably working like 100 hours a week, but I it was all worth it. So it's just, okay, let me go through short-term pain in order to get to where I want. And so I think so many of us now want instant gratification. We want what we want now, yep. but it's just, if you're just like, I hate my job. It's because what we see other people doing, and it's like you can't compare yeah. your success or failures to someone mm -hmm. else because yes. you don't know what they went through. Even if you know, right. them, you'll know the ins and outs of every every single thing that they actually had to endure and go through. So right, you can't compare. That's a that's a you're doing yourself a disservice, and you're doing them a disservice by trying to compare your success and failures to them, trying to measure up to them and keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Right. So exactly. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this black woman started from the very damn bottom, and, and completely started with nothing to where she is right now, being a successful business owner of a very prominent company that helps expose and, and discover and rediscover people's passion when it comes to technology. And the fact that she's able to help corporate America train their own employees. She's a true damn testament of what it means to go through those damn growing pains and get to the very success level that she set for herself. Not nobody else. Ain't nobody set no damn goals for this woman. She set the damn goals for herself. So damn it, that's the that's the whole challenge that I want to bring to every single person listening to this podcast is that when you when you set a goal in mind, you go out to execute it, no matter what cost. After that goal has been executed, you set another damn goal. You keep setting goals. You never get content. You never get complacent because there's too much more to learn, too much more to be exposed to, and too much more out there for you to obtain and achieve for yourself to where you can measure what success looks like to you and not to anyone else. Whitney has been a true testament of that. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Talking about this.
we we've had we've had conversations before that last three four hours talking about <laughs> damn thing. I mean, not just our professional life, but just personal life as well. And the different <laughs> conversations we've had been hilarious because it's like we're all, we're we're very much so kindred spirits when it comes to uh, how our spouses are to us and how we're the counter opposites of them. <laughs> we just like interact with each other like that. So it's been it's been a pleasure and it's been funny to even talk to you in regards to those different things. But more specifically on this episode, talking about this. And just the overall idea of exposing us to technology, because so many more are getting the, the 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 basically the benefits of being in this industry, and not enough of us are being exposed to it or getting enough mm -hmm. of it too. So, a lot of times we see a black person in, in, who, who just joined our team. We're like, uh oh, let me do my. Let me do my <laughs> Last time you told me that, that's <laughs> always stuck with me. Like, wait, what? Wait, so you're getting basically scared she gonna lose your damn job because they found another damn token black person to actually work why the hell you ain't been working hard all this damn time like no i see another if i see another brother or sister that's in my field then i'm happy guess where i am right now i'm very much so satisfied where i am because i mean i've written my own ticket i'm a very hot commodity in the area that i'm in because the very skill yeah. that i have gained in the last six almost seven damn years very many people don't have this skill set just yet so people are still getting exposed to it so guess what People are looking for me with this type of uh, uh, type of experience and looking to help help their team grow, help their goddamn company, you know, expand more. So this is the type of thing that we have to be very much so conscientious about. When you gain certain knowledge and, and a skill set and become a subject matter expert, they call them SMEs or SMEs, if you will, then you you are able to write your own ticket and say, I can get a job yeah. anywhere. I can ask for have as much money that I want because I've gained this much experience in this particular area. And technology grants you that opportunity to do that, especially with the way the companies have been transitioning over to working from home and having the conveniency to do to balance things out at home, uh, where opposed to just at work too. So again, Whitney, thank you so much. I'm gonna have you on the thank show you. to talk about just from an entrepreneurship standpoint. Yes. How things have been flourishing for you, not necessarily just specifically to, as it pertains to technology, but obviously this, this particular episode was more specific to the technology aspect of it and how you were able to help people, you know, transition from one career to the next with gaining more, uh, more exposure to different technology and things like that. So again, thank you so much for the many works you've been thank doing. Thank you. Be sure to like, share, subscribe to this episode and to my podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. You can find me on YouTube as well. Find me on my social media page on, on Facebook and Instagram at Speak to the Mic Podcast Show. Make sure you all give me your feedback. Let me know what you'd like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of. More people who would like to be on the show in, in, in different areas of, of, of occupation. Let me know if there's a particular specific uh, profession that I haven't touched base on yet. Let me know and let me know who those individuals are I need to reach out to to have them on the show because I'm all about empowering, supporting, and ba basically being monolithic with my Black men and women who are in the trenches in real time making shit happen for them and for their Black community because it's going to take all of us to do that, not just one half or 10% or 1%. It's going to take all of us to be monolithic in that way. So again... Whitney, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll thank definitely you. be wrapping. Uh, we'll be circling around again uh, to talk to you more about it from an uh, entrepreneurship standpoint. Good. And, I'm uh, excited. Yeah. T tell your husband I said what up, Newt. And uh, <laughs> we're definitely going to have lunch together. We're going to have our wife, my wife and your husband together. We're going to all talk. 
And we're gonna okay. have many conversations that you and I have had that they're gonna think we crazy. And we're just like, okay, y'all really are like brother and sister for real. So no, yeah, we're gonna need like six hours for that because I know when uh, you and my husband meet, y'all will hit yeah. off for and, and a long time. Several <laughs> balls of wine and a couple of balls of vodka here and there. You know, I'm a Ciroc guy, so you know, tell me I can't drink anymore, which sucks, but y'all can drink okay. enough for me. Yeah, that's so. okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah, me. Yeah. Tell me, let me know what his poison is. I'll be able to provide that for him. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm to it. So, yeah, be, be safe. And, uh, All right. We'll, Thank we'll, you, Marlon. We'll Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk soon offline. All right. All right. Bye bye. All right. If you like what you've heard from this week's episode and would like to hear more from previous episodes, be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to my YouTube channel below. You can also find me on social media platforms at speak to the mic underscore podcast show on Instagram and speak to the mic podcast show on Facebook. Be sure to also like, share, subscribe to my Spotify page at speak to the mic podcast show. As I put out more thought provoking content, your opinion and thoughts are needed and appreciated. I thank you all in advance for your support and look forward to hearing from you soon.